Frenzy. Hey, you hit me so hard down there. The Football Frenzy on Cofield and Company. Company. Back here downtown, Plaza Pool, Plaza Hotel, and Casino. Bikini Tug of War is over. We'll announce the winner in just a little bit. We'll have some videos we'll put up, lots of pictures, fun times. When we do events like this, absolutely come down. This is such a cool setting. And the Plaza and Steve Sear and then all the ladies who came down. Bikini Tug of War, that was that was great. And they were super competitive. Uh, remember, on the corner of Main Street is a podcast. It's brought to you by the Plaza. It's with the CEO down here, Jonathan Jossel. And you can get the inside scoop on uh, everything Las Vegas and the people who make it happen. And Jonathan, the boss here, will join us in about 30 minutes. Von Tobel, Cofield. Let's crunch some pads. We come out of the gates with a little betting talk. Mm-hmm. Are the Eagles a worthy favorite in the NFC? I mean, the best team in the NFC, yeah. like the uh, high, like the highest odds to win the thing. Uh, I would say yes. In that, I don't know if they're literally the best team, but they have the easiest schedule in the National Football League. They're going to win a lot of games. They're probably going to have – they're more than likely going to have a home game or two in the postseason and thus making their path one of the easier ones in the NFL. You can't bet it now, though. The value is all gone. Well, that depends. Do you rate them as clearly the best team in the NFC? Uh, 1-1-A. Because if you do, if you're somebody that clearly has them as the best team in the NFC, then they're still value in that number. You would bet it? No, because I don't rate them as the best team in right. the NFC. Who is the best, Rams? I think still the Rams, but the jury is out. I think there's problem along that offensive line. Their tackle situation is a little bit of a nightmare. Their center missed their last game. I think that's a little bit of an issue for them. Aren't the Eagles the most complete team? Like, what's your big question mark with them? Quarterback. Really? Yeah. It's two games. I think, you could, I think you're still looking at that and wondering if that's going to, like, carry over for an entire season. But he's clearly shown through two games, Jalen Hurts, that he looks better than he did last year. So I just mentioned uh, on the corner of Main Street Podcast, Jonathan Jossel does the podcast. Steve Sear is here with Jonathan, boss here at the Plaza. How you doing? I, I am sorry. Awesome. The, the, the day went so fast, Steve, I couldn't even get on. But, I man, know. we had some great. hellacious matches. I've been doing this a long time. And that the, the Peppermint Hippo underdog against Fight Capital, that, that, I mean, that was like Final Four that's epic. Your, that's your gym. Uh, this is a compliment. Some of the women who were competing for your gym were trucks. I don't mean they're like heavy, but Strong. like thick yeah. and muscular. And yeah, pro tug- boxer, Lacey, pro boxer. Don't yeah. ju- don't ever judge a book by its cover for oh. tug of war. They they, they, they were a plus five fifty. Oh yeah. And, and they, <laughs> who, who sets these? Who sets these lines? I do. Steve does. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Steve really, takes all the bets. And really and, anyway, hey, it was really cool of the plaza to take care of us and come out here. And w- what a perfect wet deck that they had, really, for the event. Right? Mm-hmm. Turned out well. Really well. And the women were really into it. Like, super competitive. Maybe more so than the first time we did it back in 2016. Yeah, that, that where, where was the, the first one? At the Hard Rock. Oh, yeah. At the Hard Rock. No, no one near as nice. But, but you know what? <laughs> no, no but, but what I like about Jonathan is he's like, okay, what's it going to take? And let's just do it. It's not a lot of corporate BS. And that's why I like the Plaza, to be honest. But, I mean, this is the youngest gaming licensee, you know, in Nevada's right here. Well, at the time. Now I'm a little older. But I was 29 when I got my gaming license. And uh, thank you for those kind words, Steve. I love your creativity and the events. Oh, and 
this is what it's about having fun doing things that are different and we can do that because we don't have a corporate structure so we can do whatever we want and Steve calls me up says within reason of course right uh, <laughs> some of Steve's ideas I don't go for but uh, but for the most part it's fun it's great and it's uh, he, he does a great job putting it on, so congratulations. And, and, and can you talk a little bit, like, how much money are you spending on your front? I was down there today in those things. I mean, it's... I don't yeah, so we're building... Number, you want a dollar amount, or can I just tell Steve you what we He always wants a dollar amount. Well, it's, it's, it's he always wants the inside dope before everyone else To be it. honest, it's, it's, ex it's expanding, Steve. So it started out as a one-size project. Now it was just going to be the carousel bar. Now we've added in pink box donuts. We've added in a new <laughs> patio for Oscars. Pink box donuts. It, By the way... It, it's perfect. Donuts in America is the most amazing thing. You open a donut store and there's a line. Uh, donuts late at night? Like when you're wandering around at yeah. the end of free and you're like, you know what? I need something. It's yeah. the, you go to any donut store. Now there's Randy's Donuts, Carl's Donuts, Pink Box Donuts. They're all packed. Yep. It's, it's lines around the corner. So we're opening Pink Box Donuts on the corner across from Fremont Street. We're doing the carousel bar. We're doing a smoke-free casino, the first of its kind downtown. About 100 slot machines, so all of that's I'm telling you, that's on. big. My, my customers hate it. They, the, they, no. The smoke? Yeah. I got to say. And the dealers hate it, too. I got to say, I went to Park MGM. They're smoke-free, and it was nice. It was pleasant in there to be to be gambling in there like without the people vaping. And I'm not against that, but if you're not against if you're yeah. not in favor of that, this is a great alternative. There's nothing like it downtown. Uh, and then on the roof of that, we're going to have 150 seats for a patio for Oscars. Oscars is amazing, by the way. Have you ever been there, Cofield? I have been there for happy hour, not for a full meal. I was uh, at happy hour about three weeks ago. It was great. Oh, we need to get you back down for I a full will. meal. Absolutely. Come to an Oscars dinner series. Have dinner with Oscars. So wait, What's, so wait, wait, hold on. What's that? What is a dinner series? So the dinner yeah, series is a very cool night. We do it every six to eight weeks, depending on Oscars' uh, mood. But basically, it's a ticketed <laughs> event, and he, he tells old stories on a subject that we oh, agree yeah. on about old Vegas, his clients, the, anything to do with his former life. And uh, he'll talk about that for about 45 minutes and do a Q&A, and we're serving great steaks, great salads, cocktails during the dinner. And it's, it's kind of a fun – it's become a real cult event. Like, it sells out. It's a great event. Wow. And have to get you guys down to it. Steve and I have had the former mayor on shows before. Oh, he and, came and, to and, uh, he, he, Ping Pong at, at Sapphire, at Sapphire uh, Strip Club. Yeah. He yeah. told me that. So I was just with him this afternoon doing a podcast, and I said, I'm going to go upstairs for Steve's bikini. He's, a, he's the only guy who could get me to Sapphire's. He said, <laughs> yeah. I came to Sapphire's. He, yeah. remem he remembered yeah. that. Yeah. And he refused to come up here because he said he's not going to allow me to let my eyes wander. And so he, <laughs> he said he wasn't going to enable me to allow my eyes to wander. I said, well, I'm going up anyway. Man, I figure once you get past 80, the, you have the fun pass exists all the time. No? <laughs> so, so wait, <laughs> though, I, I don't want to the, the bar, because, you know, how many people come down to Circa now, and your, your corner is hot. There's no doubt about that. But it, w will it be air-conditioned or no? It's open? Like so the bar is going to be outdoors. It's going to have heat and AC to okay. cool it down. But the elements are the elements. If it's, if it's boiling hot, it's going to be hot. But at night, it's still going to be beautiful out there. It's going to be late night, Fremont Street crowd. And Obviously. I like it. Will the dome still light up? Oh, yeah. I, you missed the I'm dome. I'm not touching the lights. The lights are the number one photograph thing down here. And, you know, places spend a lot of money to build new facades, and they still put in those lights like what we have. But we have the best lights down there on, on Main Street. How it, much? I mean, Steve, you mentioned. I was curious. How much does Circa popping up here help with the area? Because incredible. It, this end of Fremont, because I come down here for work. I work at a Circa at a studio. It's more busy every single time I'm driving down here. It's incredible. So, you know, it's funny. After the pandemic... We had the boost that everybody had yeah, from right. stimulus money and pent-up demand. But then we also have circuit opening since then. We had the Greyhound bus station leaving, and we had 800 new apartments to the west. So basically, everything around me has changed. And, and Circa has been a huge draw, not just because it brings people down to this east end of Fremont Street, uh, sorry, west end of Fremont Street, but their garage is great. And then Main Street used to be a, a derelict 
dirty, mm. beat up street. Now it's beautified. There's greenery. The city's done a great job with lighting. The medians are nice. And so you've just got this whole new neighborhood effect that's obviously we're the beneficiaries of because we're in the middle of it all, and it's great. You, you know Jonathan does, from my great state of Kansas, Demolition Derby. That's, fa <laughs> that's founded in Kansas. He has had that arena, and I went to the Demolition Derby a couple of years. Do you still do that? Cause that's well, really the arena cool. was built for the rodeos. And then all these uh, uh, motor motocross, motor vehicle events started popping up and wanting to take the arena. <laughs> we haven't done Demolition Derby since 2019, but right. we're, we're looking at all of them coming back once we get back into bigger events. And Have you ever been to that co-field? I've been to Demolition Derby, not here. Oh, it's fun. Yeah, but I've it, been to it before. It's crazy. The, the World Series yeah. is in Kansas. That's right. So oh, okay. I'm a big Demolition Derby guy. And so whatever. Demolition, uh, I'm sorry. Salinas, Kansas? Yes. That we're talking about? Yeah. So the home of Demolition Derby and what was the pizza Tony's brand? Pizza. Tony's Pizza. Yeah, frozen Red Pizza. Red yep. Yeah, largest pizza factory quite the, in the world. Quite the calling cards. So so when will Carousel be open open, John? So we're looking at the Pink Box Donuts, the Smoke Free Casino by the end of this year. Oh, wow. And then Carousel will be about March, which is fine because January, February is going to be colder. So we don't want to launch in a slow no, time. No, but end of this year is October, November. I mean, like Well, that's for, the, that's for the Pink Box and the casino. Okay. That's three, four months. Uh, carousel, we're going to push to probably Can I March. use my slot points to get pink box donuts? <laughs> Can you? Yeah, yeah, we're going to yeah. make that available. You for got sure. it. Really? Oh, oh, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> Cofield. Gonna, like, by oh, the way, boy. you know what I want to do? In the old days, they used to do this fun promotion where, like, the buffets would just put out the food at 1 a.m. I'm just going to put donuts out at 1 a.m. If you're playing oh, wow. with a card, free donuts for the whole casino. Oh, I love that. That's, that's going to be <laughs> my uh, my because otherwise, what are they? Well, they're going to say they sell out, but we'll see. Uh, I, I like the free donuts at 1 a.m. But you, you seem like you know what you're talking about with football. So I'm in the Survivor Contest. Okay. <laughs> talk me, talk I, me I was out. Lying. He, was, he was fixated on you on the Eagles. Yeah, yeah no, once he started, I was like, yeah, oh, yeah, God, okay. he actually knows what he's Very talking good. about. Insider. Talk me out of Cleveland Browns tomorrow night. Oh, man. Yeah. I understand the thought process when it comes to that, but that is – Jacoby Brissett, a quarterback, yeah, every be, week could be different. The offenses looked awful. Like, that's one of the worst offenses in the NFL up to this point. The, the Browns? It, yeah. I, I, that's what would take me off of it, I think, because you're talking about a lower-scoring game. Uh, I think, what's the total? So, in that? so I should bet the up? under. I should bet the under because yeah. I'm going to – Well, okay. it depends what the line is. Yeah. I, I would double check the <laughs> – If I'm, it's 40, I, then. I'm going to say I'm assuming the total Total's is 42. 38 and a half. 38 and a half. Yeah, Ooh. that's – that's a low-scoring game, which means that's going to be a tight game, and they're yeah, going to be in position. Yeah, because how's Pittsburgh going to score? Right. Well, how's Cleveland going to score, though, either? That's the other thing. Oh, I didn't know that was the problem. I thought they got the running backs. They can score. Oh, well, they I can run. That, they yeah. can't throw. That's yeah. part of the problem. Yeah. Their offense becomes one-dimensional, and then you lose games the way that you did at the end of that game against the New York well, Jets They last lost week. that. I mean, the, guy, the guy's <laughs> supposed to take a knee, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Situationally, he's supposed to. <laughs> right, yeah. Right. Jonathan Jostles here with us. Steve Sear, Plaza, Plaza Pool. All right, let's give him a winner. So who can we give him in what? Survivor? Well, I mean, the biggest the biggest favorites it's are charges, but then you waste a pick on the charges. Yeah, oh, yeah, you got to save, and that guy may not be healthy. You got to think strategy. Yeah, Herbert's Herbert's not yeah. a. The big favorites are Philly at Washington, Minnesota at home against Detroit. I don't like Cincy that. at Jets, Buffalo on the road against Miami. I mean, I out of those options that we're talking about, I think if you haven't used them yet, Philly would probably be a really good option for I got you. Them. Yeah. I mean, I would say Philadelphia is at the top of that list. They're laying a touchdown. Washington's defense is actually really bad statistically. And defensively, they're good enough that Carson Wentz isn't going to do anything to them. Like, I have – I teased Philly down, so I have them on a teaser with Green Bay. Like, okay. so I'm on them to a certain extent. I think that would be your safest option. Can I do this every week and get this, <laughs> this insight? I mean, until, you know, until I'm wrong. Are then, you yeah. in the Survivor Contest? No, I'm in the, I'm in the Super Contest. I'm not oh, the Survivor. Okay, okay There's fine. something for you me. You did Westgate, right? Yeah, I did Westgate. Yeah. It's just something for me where – 
just one week, like if I would have been on like Colt, the Colts week one or something yeah. like that. Yeah, no, I get and just it. getting it blown out. But I, can, I can't do it. You well, know? didn't half the field go out? Oh, yeah. 55% it was, it, went it out week two, one. Yep. Two-thirds are out yep. now. Two-thirds really? yeah, after this last week. The, the, the Browns last week were like you the know third the most pro- popular choice. I, not that I came in here to talk football with you guys, but it is pretty amazing <laughs> that these these teams don't do preseason. So it's yeah. basically like preseason the first two weeks. That's why it's so random. It's yeah. like a lottery. For a lot of these teams. Yeah. I mean, like even yeah. look at the Ravens. The Ravens win preseason games where their starters don't really play that much. Right. You know, and right. then you see them blow leads like they did. <laughs> like they, they blew that lead to the Dolphins. The Cleveland Browns blew it against the Jets. It's crazy. Steve, what's your history with the Plaza? Because uh, I feel like you've worked everywhere, or you know someone who's no, worked well, everywhere I, I for met, a long time. I don't know how I met Jonathan, but I know how. J Rock, J Rock introduced us. Oh, that's us. exactly right. And I just become licensed. I was 29, and I don't profess to know everything, so I'm learning the business. I met him. He talks a million miles an hour. Yes. Wouldn't yes. Tell me he's going to fix everything, do everything. Came down here and helped me with a few things at the time, right? Yeah. And that was yeah. like probably 2016, and then we've stayed in touch ever since. And. Uh, and and he has a pickleball. I I he just started pickleball and I played my first pickleball tournament up here. I got beat. He had a ringer. I mean, no BS. <laughs> he had a guy that I think didn't just go to Wimbledon. He like played. He, at was, he was number eighty in the world in tennis, and he played in Wimbledon. He oh. played, ah, I, and he yeah. was my partner in the tournament. But still, nice. that doesn't. There's no rules against bringing a good partner. I mean, what's <laughs> the? Yeah, right? right. What's the plaza connection with pickleball? You guys are really embracing. So we yeah, we, we, we have uh, the sixteen courts on the other side there. And what happens when we were remodeling this pool deck in 2016? Those were tennis courts and volleyball courts, and no one ever used them. They were just trashy, worn down, beat up. And these guys came to see me that owned a restaurant, and they said, you know, you should do pickleball courts. I said, what the hell is that? <laughs> and he took me out to Siena, where there's like a retirement community. He said, look at these people. They all want to play pickleball. And I was like, okay. He said, we get three rooms a week, three calls a week of people asking, where can I play pickleball if I come to Vegas? He said, if you build the, the, the courts, we'll have them stay with you. So I was like, you know what? i got nothing to lose. And, and then we started researching it, seeing how fast it was growing. And the younger community was getting into it. And we owned the Las Vegas Pickleball Open, which is a tournament. And today, the money flying into pickleball is insane. Drew Brees just bought a team the, yeah. in the MLP. Uh, you're seeing it everywhere. And now we're getting left behind, which I'm worried about. But I, I think there's a ton of opportunity to build into it and to do more. But the, the key, the, the real answer to it all is... It's why I do rodeos. It's why I do pickleball. Right. It's why we're building things. You got to have amenities. You got to have options. You got to right. bring people down here with different things. And some pe- for some people, that's a sports book or a nightclub. For us, it's those different amenities. I got a, I got a couple of buddies who play pickleball every single Monday. Like it's something that they do. Really? Yeah, it's, it's fun, like, it's, you guys. It's, it's up, hard, but it's fun. It's picked it's up fun. quite a bit among people. Like I'm not that old, young, but I'm 31. Like a bunch like people 31. my age. Yeah. Uh, talk about embracing the community. The other cool thing you guys did here, the Sand Dollar is a legendary venue yeah, for yes. us around Vegas who've been here for a long time, and now you've got the second Sand Dollar. It's nice, too. Have you been in it? It's, it's really nice. I've not nice. been inside yet. No. Oh, it's really nice. you got to check it out. It's a great bar, great live music, seven days a week. And, uh, it's you know, we were looking for something late night. So we got Bingo, which closes at 9 p.m. We got Oscar Steakhouse. We got the showroom. But all of that closes 9, 10. The sportsbook closes. We didn't have anything late night, so we wanted to – Add to that, which is how we identified Sand, Bo- Sand Dollar and then the Carousel Bar. Sand Dollar's been up about three months, and it's the, the partners are Nathan and Jameson, great guys. And uh, it's, it's been a great success, and I think it's what downtown needed, live music and cool venues. What was your first exposure to the plaza? My first exposure oh, to the plaza? Uh, you know, I lived in, so, so the group I was with in London bought it in 2005, and they asked me to come out here. Um, for, I, I asked if I could come out here for work experience, yeah. and I lived in the plaza. I lived in the okay. place for about five weeks, and downtown was terrible in 2005. I yeah. mean, it was bad. Oh, yeah. um, but that was my first experience, living in one of the nice suites, looking down 
And then I lived in the Las Vegas club before we sold it to make way for Circa. Yeah. And I lived in a room there that had a tub next to the bed, a giant circular <laughs> tub <laughs> next, to a, next to a Circa. It was great. I was, and then obviously that got demolished. But that was my first impression. But I, I loved the people and I loved the place. And I saw an opportunity to make to turn it around and, and make it into something, which hopefully we're on the path to do. And for people who haven't been here, the rooms are really nice. I think if I'm correct. You did a furniture deal to get all the furniture from. So we got the furniture from the Fountain Blue in 2011. And, and it's the rooms are nice. The furniture the is, are great. is really And then cool we've done style. another 200 rooms that we call the luxe rooms, which is all oh, wow. brand new. We got the pool suites over here that are brand new. So we got we got a lot of new rooms. And then we're redoing all of the common areas. We just redid the casino floor. We added in new carpet, new walkways, new games. Um, we redid the we're doing the construction in the front, so we're continuing to improve it. We did, redid the convention space. On the I like floor. the showroom just because it has the booth still. It's kind of you know, Sammy Davis Jr. was on yeah. that stage. That right? was that's a great room. There's not there's nothing like that left. But the problem is, how do you activate it on a regular basis? That's yeah. the, that's the tough part. But this yeah. is uh, this is one of the first places I came to when I came to town. So I I moved here in August of '96, but I drove out with a friend to do a job interview in April of '96. And I, I feel like the audience is always like, oh, Cofield always has some goofy story. But I, I usually do because I've been everywhere here. But when I came to town with my buddy, we came down, drove straight here. He gambled, lost, like, almost all of his money at the Fremont. <laughs> and we're like, oh, let's go over to the plaza. We hit the plaza, and we start playing craps. And I turned, like, 40 bucks into, like, 600 because <laughs> there was a woman at the table who just got hot as hell. Yeah. And I swear, every gambling story I have, Jonathan, is at each game, I'm like, oh, I won the first time. And then sucked, sucked in. in. Is there anything better than a hot craps table? It was awesome. <laughs> it was awesome, and I'm I'm kind of slovenly looking now. I actually could pull a little bit in the past. Yeah. The the hot roller actually came back with us to it was old Bourbon Street. So that was maybe maybe that was it, right, Steve? That yeah. was like the height of my Vegas experience. But yeah, I mean this place was so cool. Um, I remember the. Uh, you know, the, the side lounge there yep. with, like, a lot of the old Filipino bands. Yeah. Oh, yeah, awesome. yeah, yeah, yeah. If you, do you remember their names? I don't. Dinner at Oscars, if you can remember the name of that band. Do you know how many people remember that band? It's crazy, the old Filipino really? band. Really? The Sunspots. Yeah. They the were Sun great. Sunspots. Yeah, this place <laughs> is awesome. Oh, yeah. It's awesome. And then, like like I said, I mean, that was almost 30 years ago. The The redesign, is it looks like a totally different and place. And we now. got, if you like roulette, we got one of the only single zero roulette tables. In oh, here. really? Oh, yeah. We got single wow. zero roulette here. So at, at other places, you have to be like a fifty or $100,000 player to get a single zero you can get them but you've got to be high roller and all that for here anybody off yeah. the street yeah so that's wow. what's cool very nice very nice well, thank you guys i yeah. appreciate it no we appreciate course, you yeah. having us out here this is a really cool event Absolutely. these kind of we love these venues of course thank you very much there you go jonathan jostle Thanks, steve out oh, of the plaza fine. steve stick around for a couple minutes jb is going to come back and uh, we'll send it back to the studio and continue the five o'clock hours we'll get to uh, more on the raiders and the slow start Cofield and Company at the Bikini Tug of War is brought to you by the Plaza Hotel and Casino and AngleRepair.com, an innovative machine that gives every athlete the advantage to perform with confidence. It's AngleRepair.com. It's Cofield and Company, live downtown at the Plaza Pool. Nice breezy day. Should I be really cheesy here? Crank it up. I'll always look back at this oh. evening night of September 21st, <laughs> I John. I had to look oh, at my God. I'll never forget it. Thank you, Plaza and Earth, Wind, and Fire. I know the song. Yeah. I'm not that crappy millennial. I'm not that deep into my uh, my character. Man, Miles Simmons, one of our football insiders, got 
was like really aggressive about Earth, Wind, and Fire. He's like, there's so many better songs in September. I'm like, bro, we're having fun. Just relax. Relax. Also, it's the most iconic. There's probably better songs, <laughs> but it, it generally isn't how it works. Yeah. He put out a top ten. Wow. Like, what are you doing? Relax. I had to send him a gif with uh, Conor McGregor saying, get the blank out of here. So right. he might be off the show. He might drop the show. Seems to uh, take his Earth, Wind, and Fire really serious. Very serious. Steve's here. He's going to be back in a couple minutes. JBT is here. It's the plaza. At the pool. Bikini Tug of War is in the books. I saw this quick headline, and th these are the kind of things that sometimes we do as media, where we, we explain to people all the time, don't just read a headline, read the story. Seeing the headline, Frank Reich, I could not be happier that Matt Ryan is our quarterback, <laughs> but it was enveloped in right. a whole explanation, and a lot of it was on, hey, you got to give us some time. The guy's got a track record. He's a good character guy. He mentioned like 15 times that he's a good character guy. Where are you as a Colts fan? I mean, there were high hopes for this team. I don't think the season is over. Matt Ryan's got to play better. But this has not been a great start. They're not as good as I thought they were, but the season's far from over, and they could still be a pretty good playoff team. Right? I think that's probably where you should be. You also really shouldn't freak out about what happened last week. You were missing three. You were missing two wide receivers, the starter on your defense, and two of your other starting defenders came into this game really banged up. So it's a bad loss, and it's a loss in a situation in Jacksonville that has treated them terribly for like the last eight years or whatever it's been. But I wouldn't freak out. We're two weeks in. I don't want to jump the gun the other way because I'm saying don't overreact negatively. Might it be that the Jaguars are actually going to be a decent team? Yeah, like they're look, they're an AFC South team. They're going to float around that 7-8-9 win range. They're going to be kind of plucky-ish, better offensively. Trevor Lawrence is way better than what he showed last year. He had no shot. Yeah, yeah like, I, like I, I had no shots. Yeah, I wouldn't freak out about anything that we've seen up to this point. You know, we were talking to Jonathan Jossel from the Plaza, the boss here, and he's in a survivor contest, and – you know, I, I threw it out there for you guys. Bills at the Dolphins. Now I understand you want to manage the season with your choices. Are the Dolphins really going to be able to hang with the Bills? I, is McDaniel this good? My, and, and is that defense not going to figure out some of what the Dolphins are doing to kind of hide Tua's deficiencies? My initial thought is the, the Bills are actually the side there, and I, I want to bet them in the contest too. I think when you can rush for they've blitzed their opponents only three times through two games. Only three times. When you can rush four and just drop guys back and play coverage, and that's not going to work again. Like, that's going to work really well, I should say. I think against Tua, I think this is a really bad matchup for Miami. They have a much better coach. Yep. And they have better weapons. Recent history has not been kind at all. 61-11 last year. Yeah. That's craziness. Total craziness. Yeah, the Bills also are on such a hot streak. They scored 27 points or more in nine straight games going back to the playoffs, too. Seven and two straight up, six, two, and one ATS. And, you know, the only losses were those crazy games in overtime against Tampa and Kansas City. Let's do another giveaway, Ari. 364-1100, We got 7-0 Brew Oktoberfest, September 29th to the 2nd. Ticketmaster.com is where you can get the tickets. Or you can go to the web for more information, Oktoberfest.Vegas. Caller 7, 364-1100, 364-1100. It's two tickets. Starts up in just a couple of days, September 29th to October 2nd. 7-0 Brew, Oktoberfest, 364-1100. Caller 7.
Today after Cofield and Company, it's the Marcus Arroyo Radio Show at 6 p.m. right here on ESPN Las Vegas. I think I'm speaking for most football fans, and I'm talking to ESPN, especially these morning shows. Enough of the Cowboys. Come on, this is a 500 football team. When and if they get into first place, okay, we could talk about them. But until then, please, enough of the Cowboys. Let's go poolside at the Plaza Hotel and Casino for more of Steve Sears' Bikini Tug of War with Cofield and Company. Hometown hero, OJ. Yours surely likes to pop on video every once in a while, give his sports takes. Remember, he actually used to be a really big broadcast star before all the other stuff. And that's I was going to say, OJ and I share a brain, but not, no, not entirely. That one's interesting because I think there's a lot of angles that get overplayed like the Cowboys and the fact that the Cowboys and Giants are on Monday Night Football is just dreadful. Now, as it turned out, you know, Dak's injury and the fact that, well, the Cowboys did win last week, but the fact that the Cowboys haven't looked great, their outlook doesn't look awesome unless Dak comes back, but... That is a story worth watching, and we know the New York market is one that they bow to, and the Giants are actually off to a good start. I still think they're a six- or seven-win team. So I don't really want to see them on Monday Night Football, but it's going to do a big number. And the funny thing with OJ, OJ speaking like just the average casual fan, as I just mentioned three minutes ago for old-timers, right? You remember when OJ was actually known for football and football analysis, and starring in movies and not the awful stuff that he was accused of doing. OJ, more than anyone with his TV background, should know that you have to play the hits. And whether it's ESPN or NFL Network or the Fox talk shows, they do numbers on this. This is not and, – and, frankly, a lot – I guess this is where maybe OJ misses out. Um, they do a lot more analysis and in-depth research by the numbers – on stories that hit today. So it cracks me up all the time. You get people in sports talk radio who hammer on Colin Cowherd, Dan Patrick to a certain extent. Ah, oh, they always talk about the same thing. Also funny about that is uh, one of the radio legends who really was early on in sports talk radio was a guy who wound up doing a lot of shows here and then finished off his career here. If people remember Papa Joe, and I remember as a young radio guy, we always used to joke like, ah, oh, Papa Joe, he's got the same 12 topics. Well, Joe knew what hit. He knew what he was good at. He knew what bits worked, and that was probably without a whole lot of analytic information from his bosses. He just had a good feel, and Cowherd gets a ton of data, and that's why he hits a lot of the same topics, and he picks you know, his villains that he's going to go after, his enemies, and then the people he loves. And, you know, he did the whole thing over the summer, you know, lifting up USC and trying to crap on Oklahoma. So, OJ, if you're listening, come on, bruh. You know better. And to fire back at him gently because, you know, he's still a big, strong dude at whatever he is, 74 years old. The Cowboy story is kind of fascinating because it's not just – an NFL story, it's actually a story that we're seeing across the landscape of sports. 
And what is that story? We've hit on it a bunch of times. You know, we all grow up with these teams that are iconic, right? Lakers, Yankees, Cowboys. And, you know, if you're a pretty decent, hardcore sports fan, you know who the owners were. Right? Jerry Buss. And now Jeannie's a bus. And it took a little while. The bus boys were involved, but, you know, they proved over the years just to worthy is not the right word, but incapable of operating on that high level. The Yankees, one of the Steinbrenner kids, is running the team now that George passed away. And Jerry Jones is still here, but Steve Jones is going to take over. And apparently Stephen Jones has a lot more say than he ever had in terms of personnel decisions. And this is one of the horrific things in all sports, and especially for Cowboy fans. While Jerry Jones wants to win, he still does not understand that him being involved and his son being the GM is one of the worst ideas in sports history. They don't generally know what they're doing. And if you look at the Cowboys, they're not really a loaded roster. And while they love to be star-studded, they they even passed on some of the names they had. And we just saw one of the receivers who was expected to be a, you know in the top five, and they have a thin receiving core until Gallup, is, uh, Gallup comes back. But their offensive line is beat to hell. They were counting on Tyron Smith playing a full year, and that was never going to happen. And now he's got a basically a season-ending injury. They're relying on a quarterback who's beat to hell and maybe an injury risk the rest of his career after his you know, terrible leg injury. It's not a well-run organization. And, again, to tie all those organizations, glamour organizations together, the parents, like Jerry Jones early on was a good owner because he let the football people do what they were supposed to do as soon as he thought he was the football guy and then put his son in, and this is a whole nepotism story, as soon as he put his son into a lot of power, they've slowly fallen apart, and they don't have a good roster now. It's a mess. The Lakers, I don't know how this is going to work out. They got a championship with LeBron, so, you know, goal achieved there, but that's a mess with Jeannie. I mean, I think Jeannie Buss of all you know, three of the people I mentioned, Steinbrenner and Stephen Jones and Jeannie, is probably the most accomplished and the most competent. And the Yankees thing is going to be hilarious in the next couple of years because, first of all, if they had given, and there was an injury risk there, but if they had given Aaron Judge a little closer to something uh, resembling fair market value, he probably would have signed. Now he's going to finish the year with, what, 64 home runs, 140 RBI, and maybe win the Triple Crown. He's going to get massive offers. And I think their offer at the time was like 32 mil a year, which is great money for the rest of us, but for, for baseball players at the top of their game, and a guy who's 6'7", 282, and is a you know, 45, 50 homer guy every year. That's kind of insulting. And now you watch. There are franchises out there that need to kind of resurrect what they've done. The Giants are one of them. The Giants have all the money in the world. That market's freaking awesome. What happens when they come with 50 mil a year, 45 mil a year for Aaron Judge? Is Judge going to look at the Yankees? And he's got some loyalty there, but is he going to look at the Yankees and go, you know what, they're still the Yankees. And even with the younger Steinbrenner, I trust them. They're going to do what's right based on what? Look at this roster, and I know it's beat up, it's injured. Look at the Yankees roster right now and who's around Aaron Judge. Like, I would I would take a hard look at the team and go, these guys don't know what they're doing. And more importantly, I don't think the young Steinbrenner, Hal Steinbrenner, is dedicated to acting, and his dad was a lunatic, but, like, winning at all costs, that's not what he's about. So this could be – and I heard the guys on uh, – 
on press box joking about it this morning. I think he actually mentioned the Giants. This could be one of those stories where you have this legendary Yankee figure and like he's going to be around for the next ten years and keep hitting fifty home runs. And Judge and his reps could look at the Yankees and go, "You guys are not the old Yankees, and I don't trust Hal Steinbrenner, so I'm moving on." Join Cofield and company on Fridays for the three to six show at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar. There's nothing like a football Friday at Treasure Island. Cofield and Company presents. Grab bag. Don't touch it. Don't even look at it. Only on ESPN Las Vegas. Stick your hand in there, Dave. So up next in about 12 minutes. I'll be up with Caleb Herring, Russ Langer, and the Marcus Arroyo radio show, UNLV football show. Is We'll close out with a little Rebel talk here in a couple of minutes, but that is every Wednesday at 6, although programming note next week on weeks that UNLV plays on a Friday, John, mm-hmm. the show will be on – no, you know, we'll still – I think we still are airing it on Wednesday. Okay. Yeah, we'll figure it out. I don't know why I was making a correction there, but we'll just have a shorter week. Before the game. So Marcus Arroyo Radio Show is on the way. Von Tobel, Cofield, Jed, who, by the way, the the women were the biggest heroes here, the fact that they did bikini tug-of-war and they worked their uh, you-know-what's-off. And it was it was a good competition. We'll send out some videos later, some pictures. Really cool event. Thanks to Jonathan Jossel and the whole crew. Really good crew here at the Plaza. Also, I have to thank Jed because he's our engineer, first of all, so we should always thank him. But secondly... When we do these road shows, the setup is – and, John, you've been an engineer. I've been an engineer. I believe me. For folks who listen to old uh, Fox Sports Radio days with Steven the Sports Pig and the Wise Guys show, we used to go on the road all the time. And sometimes you go on the road and the line doesn't work. And I've done a show from a uh, closet at MSG because I had to be on a fax line. Like, I'm just sitting on a crate in a closet. I did it from a kitchen at some restaurant across the street from Angel Stadium. So these road shows are really hard. And Jed came by here multiple times and did the setup, so thank you. We owe him. Yes. Although he almost, he almost died because uh, one of the chairs almost went out on him. So, oh, no. Yeah, multiple times. Was he staring too hard at the contest? Yeah. He lost his focus. <laughs> he was staring off into the distance quite a bit. I was wondering what he was thinking. That's awesome. Um, I saw you complaining about us mere mortals. And, I, by the way, folks, I fully expect John on – any Cofield and company he does with me or any future CNCs that he'll want to break down the tug of war itself. That was great. You were so into like every break. You're like, man, the leverage changing up the teams. I'm like, I was not, I really didn't watch the competition that, that hard from a strategy. I guess I'm just different. This is why strategy matters. So, okay. The, the team, one of the teams, Jed and I were just talking about this. One of the teams that made it to the finals, they lost their first match their biggest and sturdiest competitor, they had her in the first match at the front. So what do they do? Next game and next tug out, they put her as the anchor as opposed to up front. They end up making it to the finals. Little things like that, Steve. Put the little people, put them up front. They don't matter. It's about the person in the back, and you want your size going back. It's a great strategy. They're going to be raving about this, setting up a tug-of-war podcast. In the bag. Stick your hand in there, Dave. Got to find out some tug-of-war analytics. I don't have, like, favorite actors, but I have actors where I'm like, you know, that person's pretty good, and they've been good in multiple spots. Tug rate. I like Tom Hardy. Uh, one of his – I mean, I know he's done a lot of big roles, but maybe an underrated one is uh, he's Alfie on the uh, 
Netflix show, and of course now I blank on the show immediately. I don't know. I don't the the British show with all the gangsters. Oh, uh, that I was showing you the the free yeah. shoes for. Yeah, I can't remember. Yeah. So anyway, I like Tom Hardy. Right, I he's good. Show. Peaky Blinders. Peaky Blinders. He's good, but now you're mad at him. What? <laughs> Tom Hardy is everything. He's a good-looking guy. He's a millionaire. He's a movie star. Apparently, he signed up for a mixed martial, like a martial arts competition, and just won the whole thing. I didn't really. Yeah, like, and I knew that like part of his background, like he was really into that kind of stuff, and oh, yeah. figured Tom he was pretty Hardy good at it. Jiu-jitsu. Yeah, and he signed up for one, and he won. Now I, I just kind of feel like like can can the commoners have something? Can you imagine just showing up and just Tom Hardy, who has all the resources in the world to practice jujitsu, that you probably don't, showing up to the martial arts tournament, and, and he deserves credit because he obviously puts work in the craft. Yeah, but well, I mean, are we going to pretend like Tom Hardy doesn't have a chef who gives him the meals that he's supposed to eat, and one of the best jujitsu nah, trainers, not, and one of the best jujitsu trainers you, you, in the you, world? You got to work at it, and you have it, or you don't. You, I mean, you can work to a certain level. You have to have some natural. But you're talent. not. But you're not, not going to argue. Him. You're not going to argue that he like the percentage of him being good at it. If he puts his I all mean, into it, is higher than you know Joe Schmo signed up for that tournament after working I in guess. his mom's garage for months. I mean, I could have all the money in the world. You know, if it was 15 years ago and I was in decent shape, I don't think I'd be good at Brazilian jiu-jitsu. No, it's not fair. It's like putting an NBA team up against like the no, best. It's, it's like a. It's like an NBA team against no, like not. the best rec leaguers in the world. It's My ridiculous. God, you listen to the show too much with all the the jealousy about you know people with money. You have everything. He must there's, be a good a natural guy. athlete. You know there was a guy in that tournament who had been working. Okay, years, well that that part sucks. Years yeah. to get there, had been living off of like Dollar Tree then, or whatever then, food. Then beat Tom like, Hardy. Working on his beat diet him. in his mom's basement. He's like, I can do this. I've been working so hard. And here comes personal chef, best jiu-jitsu coach in the world, Tom Hardy, to just take it away from you. Yeah, I saw one guy, uh, one of the Hardy opponents said he was, quote, shell-shocked to come face-to-face with the Academy Award-nominated actor. I, that's I, would, the other I would actually expect it to be the opposite. If it were me and I would worked all that time, I'd be like, you know what, I'm going to break his arm. I don't even care if I win this. <laughs> like, I'm vicious. Dude, don't, don't come in here and try to steal – my spotlight. Now I'm just going to sacrifice the, the the event. Your arm's broken. That's the other thing. Like so, there are probably yeah some guys who are like, wait a minute, is this Tom Hardy that I'm about to wrestle right now? Like, what is bad. this? I feel bad about hurting him. Right. It's ridiculous. Don't be jealous like that. I'm not, I mean, of not course be- I am. He's a it's millionaire. Not, it's not becoming of you. Of course I will be. That's what I love. Like with stuff like that, where people are like, you're just a hater. Like yeah, I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like what else do you want? Yes. All right, Ari, grab it. Stick your hand in there, Dave. We have a date for F1. Yes. November 16th to the 18th. It's going to be a lot longer than that. The week, months of setup. Right. will be very interesting. Yeah, 2023, F1 is doing 24 races. I guess that's a record for that circuit. And we will get our first, well, we had a Grand Prix here, but F1 is here next November now, watch what happens. I know we've been going crazy over this, but I also I love to track the progress around town and the changes. And I repeat it all the time. I'm down at UNLV all the time. We do shows in that area. That Koval, Harmon, Spring Mountain, Twain, all that is going to be crazy to watch, the transformation. That piece of property, they haven't broken, because I, I, I drive by it all the time. I was looking kind of through the fence because they put up a bunch of curtains around it. But they left one area open where I can see. Um, that 39 acres 
So they cleared it, and it looks like they're ready to build. But, I mean, we're almost October of this year. All right. 11 months? It's going to go quicker than I think. It's going to be one of the fastest projects we've ever seen in Vegas. The project? And F- F1 headquarters uh, and pits and all that at Koval and Harmon. The development and everything, the accelerated process is going to be great to watch. The weekend itself, in the middle of football season, God forbid there's a Raiders game in town that same weekend. Well, the NFL would be smart. Don't do not do a home game that weekend. You think they care? They should. I don't think they would care. I, 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 would, I would implore them to care because have a little respect for the fans. It's going to be one of the most expensive weekends in Las Vegas history. I mean, the MGM is putting together $100,000 VIP packages. Do you know how much rooms are going to be all oh, yeah. over the place? It's, it's the richest sport in the world. Don't have a game here that week. I'm sure Come they on, pro- NFL. I'm sure they probably won't, but how much of that do you think factors into their schedule making? Of all the cities they have to think about and whatever events might be going down in those cities, whatever it is. You don't think like LVCBA in talks with the NFL can be like, you don't want to do this. I think the, the game will be, the game will be well attended. I think I think NFL- it's a Saturday race too, which yeah. is also very unusual. Like the game will be well attended, but I'm you know we'll have to do more discussion on this. I want to talk to some dealers because the dealers are the people you talk to who are most opinionated about what works here and what doesn't, and what's good for the tables and the machines and what isn't. And I would think when you have that many events in town at the same time, and you know F one's probably going to sell out most of the town. Like, what does that do for gaming? And I don't know if F1 is a good gaming group. Like almost oversaturate the market. Right, yeah. right. And then, you know, hey, we get eight or nine home weekends with the Raiders. You're basically just destroying one of the weekends where you're shutting out the NFL fans. They won't be able to get rooms. Yeah, it's a fair point. Is that next level thinking or just really stupid? No, it's, it's <laughs> next, like, like, it's next maybe level I'm totally thinking. Off. And actually, I don't disagree with all of that. Yeah. I just wonder if the NFL – cares if they view themselves as just such a power that they're like nah touche right you know we're bigger than f1 yeah not that weekend or not one more time in the back stick your hand in there dave man there's a lot of upheaval around the mountain west conference um mel kwan stovall who's a really good player who norvell jay norvell took from nevada stole him to go to csu he's already done with the team so i don't i don't know all the details and then the other one there was a uh kind of leaking oil situation with San Diego State, their quarterback of the future, this kid Haskell, got a little bit of playing time. They pulled him. They bring in another guy behind Burmeister, and now the word was early in the week, like, hey, Haskell's going too. Really? I missed that one too. He was, was – and that's – I think that's kind of a – I mean, you can only read so much, so you don't really know how good the kid was. But reading between the lines and a lot of reports, like a lot of people in San Diego had some pretty high expectations for that Haskell kid, like moving forward after this season. And I'll I'll look for Yeah, the update three hours ago was that he went to the portal. Wow. And I mean you knew it was it wasn't a, like a fifty fifty situation. If the co- if the coach comes out and talks about it and says he's probably going, if he's right. willing to speak about it publicly, if Brady Hoke is speaking about it publicly, I'm guessing that he's not making a big case to keep him around. One more time in the back. Stick your hand in there, Dave. So speaking of that, I wonder when we go back in history and remind ourselves again that the UNLV starting quarterback, Doug Brumfield, had some doubts in the offseason, went into the portal for eight days. He came out, and a lot of people were super negative, like, no one wanted him. I don't know if that was the case. 
Why is he coming crawling back? Are his teammates going to believe in him? It's worked out. Uh, and, and you understand why Arroyo, and Arroyo's talked about this, hey, it's two-way communication. Sometimes there's misunderstandings. We're not communicating enough. And when he came back, Arroyo's like, hey, we're going to work on the relationship and look at now. Um, if you want any indication of his teammates believing of him, uh, that game the other day against North Texas, he was great in that game, and I was on the sideline behind that bench. They love that guy. He put literally put his neck on the line. His neck got bent in 90 degrees on one of those touchdowns. He has won this team over. He gets along really great observationally with all those guys. You can go to the transfer portal come back and still win the team back. Of course. Jake Hayner did it. Jake Hayner did it. I mean, I, you know, I don't know how much football he's going to play this year, but he did it. They took him back. Thanks so much to Jed for the setup. All the teams that came down here. Steve's here is awesome. The plaza, the pool setup here, absolutely dynamite. Ari back in the studio. We'll see you tomorrow. On a Thursday, we'll be over at Silver 7's Marcus Arroyo Show on the way.